0: You're listening to Marks of a Healthy Church, a Sunday school series taught by the elders and deacons of Maple City Baptist Church in Chatham, Ontario. For more information about Maple City, please visit us online at maplecitybaptistchurch.com. Okay, as we started out last week on evangelism, um, we're looking at a culture of evangelism in the church. So, just in way of review, we start out with a quote from John Piper what evangelism is, and the goal is not to deceive, as we started out with. If we're conjuring up some kind of illusion of what the gospel is, we're deceiving people. So we're not doing that. So does anybody remember what our definition of evangelism was? Bring the gospel again. Evangelism is teaching the gospel with the aim to persuade. So we kind of broke that definition apart, first of all looking at teaching, the fact that Paul's ministry was very much a teaching ministry, Uh, the gospel can't be spread without teaching, Um, Paul looked at his own ministry as teaching, and then we looked at, of course, the most important part of what evangelism is, as being proclamation of the gospel, and everybody remembers really well the lesson on the gospel from several weeks ago. Yeah, right? Food,
1: right?
0: Yes. And so I do have to thank everybody for not showing up at my house. So as we're, um, as we're thinking about it, we thought there are going to be people that didn't hear me say it was just a joke. <laughs> and we're going to show up. So, so thank you guys for not showing up at my house. But the gospel, the importance of the gospel, the good news from God, um, realizing the magnitude of God, realizing the gift that was given for us and uh, ultimately what that response is from an unbeliever. Then we looked at what the aim is, what the goal of spreading the gospel is, and ultimately um, it's showing the way of Christ and, um, and doing it in a way that uh, is very Christ-like, so in a very loving way and uh, without manipulation. That is a goal as well. And then persuading people as well. So we, we talked about last week that the the gospel is a very offensive message to people. Um, but we're still supposed to be persuading people that this is the truth of life. The most, the most loving thing you can do for somebody is to tell them about the gospel. And so we're persuading people to come to Christ as well. Again, not manipulating people, but persuading people. And then we talked about uh, a culture of evangelism. So we looked at a few characteristics of what defines a culture of evangelism. And one is a culture that has a great love for Christ, for Jesus Christ. Um, Confident in the gospel, knowing that it's the gospel itself that can give us confidence and boldness and power. Um, And then a culture that sees people just as Jesus saw them. Um, these are sinners that, uh, that need the grace of God. Um, and then a culture that pulls together as one. So this is, you, you go across uh, the world, really, and you can speak the same language. So um, if you think about the idea of culture, a culture that's pulling together as one. Um, now you have people that uh striving together for the same goal. Um, and then encouragement as well. So we ought to be encouraging each other and teaching each other that that this is something that Christ has mandated to us. So let's encourage each other in it. Um, It's very important. We saw Paul do that with Timothy. And then celebrating new life as well. Very exciting. A new believer comes to Christ. Uh, We'll all be celebrating. um, and uh, And then realizing that there is a risk to this. And the biggest risk that we might feel here in our culture is... The risk of maybe rejection or how people think of us, and if that's the worst thing that can happen to us here, we have it pretty good. So, of course, it's uncomfortable feeling that way, but it's, it's, but uh, it, it, with an eternal perspective, it's really nothing. Yes.
1: Just just back on the, the culture celebrates new life in Christ. I think that's when we get a concept of gospel that is new life in us on an ongoing basis, right? If we're, if we're growing the gospel. We're watching the lives of other people be transformed by as well. And that can be celebrated all the
0: time. Mm-hmm. All the time. Mm-hmm. And you, you spoke a lot about too is realizing that our new life in Christ is so fantastic and it's so amazing what Christ has done for us. The excitement that we should have should be emanating out to those around us. Really important. So that leaves us on what it looks like if we're getting evangelism wrong and I want to focus on um, something actually I talked to Paul about um, at the end last week. And the fact that um, in John 10.10, 10, um, I'll read it. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I come that they may have life and have it abundantly. So we talked about um, the old man coming to the new uh, that that Christ tells us in Scripture. and um, And then we read here that Christ gives life and he gives it more abundantly. So you have the world, you have an unbeliever who's stuck in uh, their life and being controlled by uh, their lusts and um, just controlled by their carnality. But the fact that uh, Christ gives life and life more abundantly, now it's this fullness of joy and this brand new life that Christ gives. It's not just a a decision of salvation that, that that we're telling somebody. It's that It's this new way of life. It's this culture of life that Christ gives, and he gives it abundantly. It's so very exciting. It's a life abounding in joy, strength, and fullness. Um, Within the church, it's our responsibility, um, individually, is to build a healthy church. The church is made up of us as individuals, as individual Christians. Um, Jesus commands us to make disciples in Matthew 28. Um, ultimately, it's a local church that exists to, to display God's glory to the nation. So it's a big responsibility that we have. But fortunately, as we see all through Scripture, that it's Christ and the Holy Spirit that gives us power to do this, not just something that we're doing on our own. Um, it's this fantastic message that we have to share with everybody that Christ has given us, and it's so exciting. But Christ gives life and gives it so abundantly. It's not just a decision. This is a, this is a brand new life that now uh, a new believer is experiencing. And that's really what we should try, be trying to convey. It's not just, um, you, you make the decision and now um, it's fantastic going to heaven. It's Christ is giving you life. He's making you a new creature. He's freeing you from the sin that is, that is decimating you right now.
1: Just yes, as well as even the bad things of life. It's not like I've got abundant life and joy right now. There's nothing bad ever.
0: Mm-hmm. I haven't of those things, which changes every right. believer compared to the world. Yeah, and that's so different, eh, from the world is that when we do experience that hurt and sorrow, now it's Christ giving joy and unending joy and that abundant life again. And that's such a distinction between the world's happiness. It's that in spite of those things, we can have joy. So, what happens if we get this wrong? Well, you can almost replace a with. Just the word gospel, getting the Gospel wrong, because the most important thing about evangelism is the proclamation of the gospel, so if we have a wrong focus within evangelism um, instead of living a gospel centered life uh, now we 're pre- preaching and teaching uh, a moral life, so something that feels good and um, and looks good, but uh, it 's not gospel centered anymore so there 's a wrong focus now, and then uh, there 's also an apathy that can be created as well, an apathy from unbelievers so non Christians now are lulled into thinking that they 've come to Christ and their superficial decision um, based on a wrong focus um, has got them where they 're supposed to be. Um, so now we have an apathy uh, and then um, superficial commitment so um, Christians are now thinking that non Christians are unbelievers are believers um, and now you have a church that is full of unbelievers, uh, and then ultimately of non christian membership and um, the church is now allowing non- Christians to be members, eventually leaders and then you see the demise of the church and we saw that in the early church when um, you know believers we saw lukewarmness in the church and unbelievers coming to the church um, mm-hmm. and being accepted into membership and everything and that's a whole other discussion, um, but um, we see that if we get Evangelism, if we getting the gospel wrong from the beginning, ultimately can lead to the demise of the church. Yeah?
1: I'm um, sorry. But um, that about getting it wrong and the demise of the church, we've seen that in our own culture with the United Church, that back in 1925 when they, they came together with the Methodists and Presbyterians, gospel, evangelical, and, and loving people, loving Christ. In the 60s, the, the focus changed. the world had answers. The gospel doesn't have answers. Mm-hmm. Today we see the demise of that church that we have, you know, women pastors now who are atheists. Mm-hmm. That's it's, it's not. This is not unrealistic. This happens all the time. Mm-hmm. We've seen it in our own culture. So when you get the gospel wrong, it's, a, it's just a matter of time before the church is wrong.
0: Exactly. It's so sad, right? It is terrible. Very sad. When we look at our what our goal is as a church, and then that goal is just shattered, there's nothing left. Like, our, our Our mandate as a church is just gone because nobody 's believing it anymore. Very sad so we 're moving on to intentional evangelism so first of all, we need to be prepared for sharing the gospel, and what does that look like? So we need to understand are we motivated to share the gospel? Are we equipped to share the gospel, and are we available and um, the available one is interesting because we think to ourselves, um, you know, we're, we're, oh, I just, uh, God doesn't give me opportunities to share the gospel. And, um, and it was pointed out last week from Eric that um, if we're looking for opportunities, we're going to see opportunities all around us that God's giving us to share the gospel. And so often, especially for myself, we're so busy moving on to the next thing, checking the boxes um, to get things done during the day, that, uh, that we just don't have time. And we need to have the time to share the gospel. Um, And we must have the needed knowledge of the gospel. So this is not going to happen through osmosis. We're not going to just sit in the church, get what we're supposed to get, and then move on with life and do what we're supposed to be doing. Unless we have a solid personal understanding of the gospel, not just coming from a Sunday morning service, and a potential Wednesday or Tuesday or Thursday small group, um, it's not going to happen just on its own. So this means personal study. Um, This means personal understanding of the gospel. Extremely important. Um, And then uh, we must be welcoming to unbelievers as well. So um, I, I think we do a pretty good job in our church as being really welcoming to those that come into our church, but that's really important too. If an unbeliever is walking into our church and they're not feeling a warmth or feeling something different as far as uh, a love of Christ that we're emanating toward them, they're they're not going to be feeling welcome at our church, and that's what we really want to make sure that they feel they're welcoming within our church. A gospel worldview. So again, the gospel has to be central within our lives and within our church. If we're living out the gospel. Sharing the gospel is going to be much more part of our lives. If we're living within something, if it's our central focus in life, then it's going to be so much easier to just share what's already our focus in our life. The gospel is not only a message of salvation, but it's a way of life. And that goes back to um, the old man becoming the new what Christ giving life and giving it more abundantly is this it 's not just a message of salvation but it 's a way of life it 's a culture of life that 's what we 're trying to stress and then evangelism as a discipline this is interesting as well, so Don Whitney said unless we discipline ourselves for evangelism, it is very easy to excuse ourselves from ever sharing the gospel with any with anyone so they give the idea that. We should be planning for evangelism. We should be scheduling it. So if you think about any discipline in your life, it, if you're forcing yourself to do it, if you're planning for it, if you're scheduling it, if you're putting it into your own schedule, then it's getting done. And eventually it's turning into a habit. Um, and if we, if we purposely do this with evangelism, um, I know it's a struggle for most people, but if we're purposefully planning for it, um, we're going to do it. And eventually it's turning into a habit. And then probably uh, one of the most important aspects of this is prayer. So without prayer, uh, without making it a discipline to pray regularly uh, for those who don't know Christ, um, then we're freaking a huge aspect of this is by us praying, asking um, for our strength through this, uh, it's showing our reliance back on the Holy Spirit and realizing that it's only the Holy Spirit and Christ that can do this through us. Um, uh, that is doing this in spite of us, um, and so by making prayer, making and submitting ourselves to Christ, uh, is a huge aspect of this that we need to be doing, and then spiritual leadership as well. So, without hearing from our own leadership how important evangelism is, and um, and without hearing the teaching and preaching of evangelism uh, from our own leadership, then it's uh, it's really hard to uh, to convey that to. Um, the rest of the believers that this is really important. And again, I think we do a really good job here at, at this church as um, far as emanating the importance of the gospel and the importance of evangelism and the importance of telling other people about it. And ambassadors. So I'm going to read 2 Corinthians 5 20 to 21. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God for our sake. He made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So think about what an ambassador is. What is an ambassador? Can anybody tell me what an ambassador is?
2: A representative of somebody or some country or something else in a a, a
0: foreign uh, land or a foreign space. Yeah. Exactly. If you have an ambassador from Canada, that person could be going to other countries representing Canada um, and talking about policy or, or whatever, um, whatever their goal is. Um, but the idea that an ambassador is someone that represents something or someone or a country and going and um, maintaining that representation wherever they're going. So um, if we are going to be ambassadors for Christ... Um, we are called to represent the kingdom of God. So we have a message to correctly deliver, just as an ambassador would. He's got some message from his country that's an ambassador from Canada. He's, he's got a message he has to go proclaim somewhere else. Um, and that we can have boldness uh, through our gospel declaration. So uh, as we talked about last week a little bit, that Paul constantly prayed for boldness and clarity. I'm going to read Ephesians six nineteen through 20. And also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Paul realized that, the import, that one of the important aspects of him sharing the gospel was that he had boldness. And we can do this because of the gospel itself, because of the message that we're proclaiming, the gospel can give us boldness. Paul realized how important it was. Uh, we should realize that as well. That uh, we need to have boldness, despite how difficult it is. If we have the boldness and clarity to proclaim the gospel, God's going to use us. Yeah.
1: Everyone here in this room is ambassador, and that's not the question. The question is, are
0: we going to be an actor? Ambassador or a hmm
3: Either
2: way,
0: we're still an ambassador. Really good point. Yeah, so um, I talked a little bit to someone else about this too last week. Is that so? When I say that we're all evangelists, um, of course, there's like the full time individual who is categorized as an evangelist and going out and proclaiming the gospel. So that is different than us all being evangelists we are all evangelists we are all ambassadors for christ um there is the full-time person that's evangelizing that is their full-time position but still every single day when we wake up we are ambassadors for christ we are evangelists for christ and we ought to be doing what christ has mandated us to do
1: and that that idea of evangelism for us is that there are people that i will never reach i, I will never run shoulders with them i will never see them but they're not walking they're not into the doors of the church on Sunday morning, but yet people in this church will rub shoulders with them and speak with them and see them. Yeah. And so it, I think there is a sense that you whether know, we're going to be active or inactive. And I would add to that, whether we're going to be a true representation or not as well of what we're supposed to be, I think with Sibs or Baptists said, don't undo with your life what you said with your lips. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes that's our problem as well, that we can be convicted about these things, but as people that we rub shoulders with see us there is no sign of new life there is Mm. nothing attractive we've not made the gospel look
0: that way and that's problematic as well Mm -hmm. that that idea again of being excited about your own new life in christ excited that christ has given you life and has given it more abundantly really important yeah that's a good point is that there's there are people that you will never reach that our pastor will never talk to but we rub shoulders with all the time it's Really important. Salvation is the work of the Spirit, so we need to realize this as well. Is that um, we're called to deliver the message, but ultimately it's Christ. It's Christ that's going to that's going to give the increase. Um, oftentimes we're going to, we're not going to see the results um, that God is doing um, after we share our faith and and share our testimony and just the world seeing us uh, as being different second corinthians 4 1 therefore having this ministry by the mercy of god we do not lose heart so this is paul again saying uh trying to encourage us that um don't lose heart in this uh don't be discouraged it is going to be hard paul has prayed for boldness and clarity it's not going to be easy um but don't lose heart trust um, that it's god that's doing the work um, so knowing that it's God that works in me when I actively share my faith, um, it it certainly gives a hope um, when even when people aren't responding uh, positively. What you're saying, and uh, knowing that it's God's God doing the work, um, it, it's it's a hope that we can have. So there's much more to to this than just um, th- I, we've said multiple times than just sharing um, sharing. Hoping for a decision and then moving on. Um, you know, during during this process of evangelism, um, there's things that are happening uh, to us, right? If we're pursuing Christ and we're pursuing an accurate representation of the gospel, um, we're we're trying to emanate the love of Christ that He um, s- gave so many people throughout Scripture, where you saw Him, saw from Him so consistently. Um, what's happening to us at the same time? Well we're having a fuller understanding of Christ. Um, We're seeing people as Christ saw them. Uh, We have a fuller understanding of the gospel uh, and ultimately a greater dependency on Christ. So, uh, you know, of course we're doing what has been mandated to us, um, but if we're humble enough um, and we're pursuing the gospel and Christ um, as it's supposed to be, there is a lot going on within us as well. Um, Ultimately a greater dependency on Christ. So, again, we're realizing that Christ um, is doing this. It's the work of God. Uh, we're depending on him. And we're changing at the same time as well. Sam? I, 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 if we are walking through our times of and we start to question ourselves, we're
2: not to us. We can have the gospel it, it any question.
0: Yeah, exactly. Looking back on what's been done for us gives us a huge hope. Um, despite dark times again, it goes back to that joy that we have, that fullness that we have. Uh, in spite of struggles, in spite of dark times, we do have a consistent joy in Christ. So these are God's promises to us. So we're changing at the same time that that we're trying to share the gospel. And um, that's a fantastic thing as well, is the gospel is teaching us at the same time.
2: Yeah. Uh, the pastor said last week about remembering that we're sinners mm-hmm. and it made me think of 2 Peter the first chapter where he says we've given; he's given us everything we need for life and true devotion and that he um, for, for that reason add to your supplement your faith with virtue and virtue knowledge and, and then it says that if you have these things you'll be effective you know and if you don't have these things you've forgotten mm-hmm. you've been cleansed from your own sins so you know, it kind of it kind of it's a it's a it's a stat, it's a dynamic that that is constantly working in us as we you know, as we fulfill what God asks us to do in, in all these areas.
0: Remembering where we were, what Christ has done. What if there was like a physical picture of that? Like hamster <laughs> Or like communion like happening. Like today. Um, so we have, ultimately, we have an obligation to, to be evangelists. We're mandated to make disciples, um, to spread the gospel. We can realize that uh, it's the Holy Spirit that's empowering us. The gospel has power, and the Holy Spirit will empower us um, to effectively share it. And um, if we are excited about the gospel, uh, if we're truly, truly excited Um, and we're loving Christ like we're supposed to, we're seeing people as Christ did, Um, it's not going to be a difficult thing to share the gospel because it's such a central part of your life. We are going to see the opportunities that God's putting right in front of us uh, if we're looking for them.
2: Um, You said that, I just thought so many times we focus on whether or not we're gifted or we're ready or whether we know enough. Mm -hmm. And that's our our filters decide whether or not we should go to the gospel, but mm-hmm. if we understand the power of the gospel to say, the power of Holy Spirit work in life, of unbelief, agreeing of Christ, then the focus isn't so much on our ability, but it's on God's ability to do what, what he said he would do. What
3: mm-hmm.
2: And if we can get there and think about God working and not us doing the work, then I think that would look us
0: Yeah, Absolutely.
2: Do it even
0: yeah, absolutely. There's um there's a story in the beginning of the book um, that talks about um, how this one individual came to Christ, and it's uh, it goes on to talk about how um, this one individual had gone and spoken to another an, another individual, and he didn't have um, a crazy complicated method or anything or special process to bring this person to the gospel. What he said to him was, "Hey." Um, I want to read through Mark with you, the Gospel of Mark. Do you want to do that with me? And the guy said, okay, sure. So they spent several weeks working through Mark, just the two of them. It wasn't special. What it was was just working through the Gospel. There's nothing crazy about what this person did. It was just using the power of Scripture and the power of the Gospel um, to show this person who they were and where they are now, and then what Christ can give to them. And the person came to know Christ at the end. It's something I never even thought about. Hey, let's read through the Bible together. And they weren't trying to uh, trick this person at all. The person can see everything right there. They studied together and they came to know Christ. like that was, That's pure scripture uh, being revealed to this person and the person seeing themselves for who they truly are. Uh, and, and asking Christ to forgive them. Like, so simple, but it's the power of the gospel, and it's so important to realize that. Um, I'm going to read um, a verse from um, a song that popped in my head when I was studying for this. Um, it's from um, Brandon Heath, a Christian artist. Um, he says, Give me your eyes for just one second. Um, give me your eyes so I can see. Everything that I keep missing, give me your love for humanity, give me your arms for the broken hearted, the ones that are far beyond my reach. Give me your heart for the ones forgotten, give me your eyes so I can see. So if we look at the world around us, if we look at those people we 're working with, who are rubbing shoulders with every single day, and we see them as Christ saw them and have the love for them that Christ had for them, um, you think about some of the people that Christ loved. Um, the, it, it's pretty incredible the, the love that Christ had. So if we see people like that and we're equipped with this powerful gospel and it's a central part of our lives, then sharing it becomes so much easier. It's not this massive hump that we have to get over. It's just sharing what we love so much. I think
2: sometimes we think that we are not doing like a big, like we're not going out like once a we'll few Christians are you know, we're not doing the, the right thing, but little things like um, being involved in the community and mm-hmm. you hear someone passing away like them a card and yeah, a meal or some cupcakes or something like that and those little those little seeds are and um, I think sometimes when we think of the we just think of like we're, we have to be doing so much when we're missing these little opportunities to um, serve, serve someone or you know share the gospel and things
0: yeah, it's exactly right. Just little ways to love people. That's really someone. Someone said I think it was last year in our small group um, that you know you you probably all heard about paying for the person's coffee behind you, um, but then this person would just say, um, make sure you tell them that Christ loves them when when they when they pay the um, the guy Tim Hortons. Make sure you tell that person that I'm paying for that Christ loves them. Just little things like that, right? That we're trying to emanate Christ. Um, and everything that we do, uh, really important. Christ gives us the the, the power, and this gospel that's very powerful. Kim and then my dad. It's
2: for every season too. That's the whole thing because I mean, we say when we're in the thick of it with our kids, it's like oh, I can't do anything. But there are opportunities that you will have, you know, whether it's making cupcakes or anything, or if you're elderly and you know you're talking to somebody when you're you know out you know shopping or something. Everybody has an opportunity. <coughs> And
0: it's designed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fantastic point. Look for look for opportunities.
1: Yeah, I read some place where uh, the question is do you look at at lost people uh, as lost people or do you look at them as losers?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, so it really comes to your heart is how you look at people who need Christ. hmm Is that really out of a a heart of love? And you can share the same grace of God that you receive and share the hope that you have with them as
0: mm-hmm. well. Looking at people as Christ saw them. And if we look at people through Christ's eyes, um, it can completely change our, our um, conception of people um, in every aspect of life. Very good. Um, any last comments or confessions? 21. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Ken.
1: I just I, I I understand evangelism, but I don't understand these evangelists that go out and say they need a jet plane to
0: reach mm-hmm. the world. Right.
1: I, that's what I don't understand. Why we need that.
0: So there's so you start crossing the line into uh, the prosperity gospel, yeah. and um, you know people feel uh, you know a, a false message is being preached ultimately. ultimately and, um, certainly, the gospel is being convoluted at that point, and you are teaching illusion at that at that point. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, good point. It's a dangerous, dangerous play.
1: Thousands and thousand and thousands of people are donating to his jet plane.
0: Yeah, right. Probably...
3: Yeah.
0: Deceived. yeah.
2: Yeah. I think what's true in Berkeley churches, we have a few select people in church that excited about financialism and everybody else is excited that those people are in their church <laughs> <laughs> but I thought about it. if you had like a basketball team and LeBron James knows basketball team. everybody knows what does LeBron James do very well get, basket,
0: get
3: right?
2: baskets
0: get baskets
2: and if the rest of the team was like okay we're going to say on this side of the court you go get baskets he would not be here mm-hmm. As if the whole team joins him in offense. Now they might not get as many points as he does, but they need to still be in the game. And I think what I got from reading that book and from the idea of having a culture of evangelism and, and, and from what the Bible says about it is that there might be certain people that have specific gifting for evangelism but the Great Commission was given to everybody. Mm-hmm. And so we're all involved in the process and we all have to be excited about that thing. And it's just wonderful that there's certain people that are going to be really great at it naturally. Um, but everybody needs to see their responsibility in it. And if you have a church where everybody's excited about it, it, I think it makes it a lot uh, easier or more effective or whatever for that one person or those few people who have really wonderful giftings in that area.
0: Yeah. And those people that are maybe excited about it um, more than maybe the majority of people or some other people, um, it's it's really easy to have contagious excitement as well, that continue to keep that excitement up because uh, it is contagious and other people can get excited as well. Good point. Anything else, Tammy?
2: Um, in uh, our church in Yawgreech, this is one thing that uh, we had a new pastor come in here, so transitional pastor, but he was just so excited about reaching, you know, even in the hospital about church. He teaching us how to do that. And one of the things he said that I thought, my church kind starting. Like, if I go into to Tim how do I talk history? Mm-hmm. Because I have got this on my mind. And <laughs> he Mm-hmm. You know, and then you open up and you ask some questions about them, et cetera, and then they start, well, and he would go around, God, God, or do you contact me, the one gentleman he met, um, was, you know, the gas station, he came here and he said, hey, this man seems interested, we'll and start stopping in and seeing him. well, you we can't have a relationship with others, so
3: mm-hmm.
2: but Dan was saying, he was, you know, the one that got the last but, but then he turned to us and said, want you to follow through. We've doing that with the majority
0: of people in the church that are to. And that I can't believe a different. So can you say about the excitement in the church? It's, it, it's just amazing the difference that we feel now going there. He feels so, holding such a fun. So yeah mm-hmm. it's an exciting
2: time. Yeah, that's good. Just
3: a smile and saying hi to someone you can just start a conversation. You and
0: then mind, yeah. A vigil, somebody
2: can listen. you get all the tamped and say no ask a few questions Yeah. That's it. That's when obligation turns to
1: joy. Mm-hmm. It's an opportunity we to get to. It. Mm-hmm. It's harder than you know, you're forcing you to. Yeah, right. It's a transition. Everybody needs to make a one hopefully. The second one has to, Ken's comment. Those false teachers, false prophets, cults—they've been around since Cain and Abel. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know if, if we're trusting the gospel, trusting the word, trusting the Holy Spirit, in us, those those cults or or false teachers or false people that we meet—they become again part of the opportunity mm-hmm. to persuade them to. Mm-hmm. It, it's definitely can be. Difficult. Yeah. Martin.
0: Yeah, good point. And the gospel is powerful. For preaching the pure gospel. It's powerful. Good. I thought there was one more over here. Hey. It, it, it's like the
3: gospel commands It's like it commands us to
2: be involved in community. Right? Mm-hmm. In to know where the needs are so you can you know like walking into their Yeah, right. Knowing where they are in life and
0: just getting involved in the lives and finding their
2: needs are. I think mean, that's a big part of it.
0: Mm-hmm. There was a book I think Tara gave to Sam about being a good neighbor. The art of neighboring. The art of neighboring, and it, I think it kind of talked about that too, how important it is to be just a good neighbor. It's good, very good. Anything else, guy? Kim? Quick. Um, <coughs> that I think a lot of us grew up in churches
3: and they taught you how
2: to be a good Hmm. I saying, you know, to die today, you know, spend eternity in heaven or hell. And it's such a weird question when you think about it, like to just go to someone's door.
3: Like, right. it's, it's terrifying for yeah.
2: both people involved. I mean, it, it wasn't comfortable for me, and it certainly wasn't comfortable for the person. I mean, I had no investment in my life as well. Yeah. And it was just, it, it was like almost a sales pitch thing.
0: Yeah.
3: And um,
2: it was it, the way that we were trained early on, it was wrong.
0: Yeah. Important to have a relationship there, it is. Like, if you have a JW walk up your door and give you their spiel, like, it's salesy, eh? And it's not really something you want to be part of. Yeah.
1: And sometimes we can use that because it's a good question, but we can use that to check it off and say, Oh, they said no, I'm done with you. Right. For a relationship with people, it's an investment. Right. And there's something with Amy said too, there's this idea of salt and light that we're mm-hmm. supposed to be anyways, in our communities, in our neighborhood, you know, to, to find out what's going on. When we went around our neighborhood and asked our neighbors if there was something to pray about, I was amazed at how many of them gave us something to pray about for them. Hmm. Never been to our church. Yeah. But it meant something to them. So there are
0: lots of things we can do. Yeah. We just have to do them. That. That, that's it. Just have to do them. Apply it. That's right. Sam. I'm going
2: like to one of the strategies that we are taught when we were growing up and maybe we need to uh, consider is to just give them what we believe and then leave it there. But when we show them our best in what they believe, and express their concern. Mm-hmm. Just what, what do you
3: believe? Where are
0: you at? Yeah. Um,
2: I feel like it becomes a
0: little less for them, like Yeah, right. Being respectful and, and empathetic. Yeah. Humble. Good. Well, I think we're out of time, guys. Thank you all so much for your attention. We'll see you in church.